Welcome to the Mike Ricksecker Audio Journey on MikeRicksecker.com. Urban legends, ghost stories, and more. Are they true? Welcome to Mike's Morning Mug from Haunter Road Media. I'm author and ghost story Mike Ricksacker. I know, I forgot my mug of coffee back at the house. Explore with us. Most ghost stories and urban legends are so unbelievable that they're immediately dismissed as completely untrue. Yet there's that little bit of something in the back of your mind that makes you think, uh, maybe it is. What is that? Is the story really true? Let me give you an example. You may have heard of the story of the quote-unquote Gore Orphanage, and I say quote-unquote because there really was no such thing as the Gore Orphanage, yet many people know this urban legend as Old Man Gore. This is in Ohio. Old Man Gore was so mean and nasty to the children of the orphanage that he would be abusive to them, he'd lock them up at night, all kinds of things like that. And one night, with the children all locked away in their rooms, the orphanage caught fire. Old Man Gore escaped, all the children perished in the fire. And of course now the children haunt there and people report in the Gore Orphanage area seeing children on fire and, and things like this. None of that's true. Or is it? Well, let's look at the facts of what they call the Gore Orphanage. There is a set of ruins down there. Swift's Hollow is what it used to be called. It's near the Vermilion River in Ohio. and. This particular set of ruins was actually the Swift Mansion. This house, built in the mid-1800s, was home to both the Swift family and the Wilbur family, the Wilbur family being the last to live there in the late 1890s. Now, they did have a tragedy with children associated with this house in which their four grandchildren all died of diphtheria within the span of seven days. Very, very sad and tragic. It happened in the late 1800s. Like I said, in the late 1890s, the Wilbur family moved out and the house was completely abandoned since then. Now, it wasn't until 1903 that the Light of Hope Orphanage moved in up the hill. We did a video on this about a year and a half ago. The front of the house was here. This is actually the steps. You can see the first step here and then the sides. The photo that we've uh, dug up with the family sitting on the front stoop is right here. They would have been standing, well, a couple of them were sitting on the steps, and a couple of them were standing. If you hold on to here, you might be able to swing your leg around. Okay. All right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well. Where's all the trees? <laughs> the shade. It's not just that. Where'd the road go? That, that's a cliff. Joseph Sprunger and his wife Katie left Bern, Indiana in 1903 to bring their orphanage of light and hope to Ohio. The reason why people think this is the Gore Orphanage is because of the name of the road, Gore Orphanage Road. But originally it was just called Gore Road and not after the name of anybody. A Gore is a wedge-shaped piece of land to make a map correction and it was along this road that this map correction was made so they called it Gore Road. 
until the orphanage moved in in 1903 and they appended the name orphanage at the end of it so that people knew that this was the road that the orphanage was down. So it became Gore Orphanage Road. So those that knew it previously as Gore Road would not be confused and then people looking for the orphanage would know where the orphanage was. Now the Light of Hope Orphanage did own that land on which the Swift Mansion sat but they only used it for the field that was back behind it. They didn't actually use the house. Now, I do imagine that the kids played within the house at times, of course, you know, kids being mischievous and curious and all that. Sure, they played within it, but they didn't actually live there. It was not used as a dormitory or anything like that. They just used the field back beyond there for farming and the kids would go up and down the hill with their carts and whatnot. Now, something that is true about the legend is that the Sprungers who operated the Light of Hope Orphanage were very mean people and they were very mean and abusive to the kids. They were not fed very well. There were stories about rats that would nibble on them at night. There were 15 kids at a time that had to use the same bath water. They weren't given an education. Very, very terrible environment for them to live. So that part of the story is definitely true. He said that he and his companions were often beaten by Superintendent Sprunger and the farm overseers until great welts appeared on their bodies. Now in the late 19 aughts, the Sprungers were taken to trial for the abuses that were put upon the children. There were kids that ran away, turned in the Sprungers, and there was a whole trial about the matter. Mr. Sprunger actually died not long after, and by 1916, the entire orphanage was shut down. Now, the Swift Mansion was still there at the bottom of the hill, still riding away, still uninhabited, nobody had moved in, nothing and now the orphanage was also gone. In 1923, that Swift Mansion did actually burn down. The fire is true to a point in that the house burned down. And in fact, the local newspaper ran the headline, Haunted House Destroyed by Fire. So it was already seen as a haunted house. There are already legends and rumors about it anyway. But that was 1923, seven years after the Light of Hope Orphanage was shut down. Now, not too far away in the Cleveland area, there was a fire in 1908 known as the Collinwood School Fire in which there were 172 school children that perished within this fire. Now that was around the same time as the Sprungers were going through their trials about the orphanage and the conditions and all of that. So people do suspect that there was some superimposition of the Collinwood fire onto the legends of the Gore Orphanage and the children dying and perishing and all of that since the actual Swift Mansion did also burn down that somehow all of these were meshed together. And you can see how from some of these nuggets of truth that the legend was created. The fact that yes, there was an orphanage. There was a fire that burned down the Swift Mansion. There was a number of children who died at the Collinwood fire. There were abuses at the orphanage. There was an actual house there called the Swift Mansion at the bottom of the hill where there are ruins. All these pieces have now come together to form one urban legend. Similarly, there's the story of Effie the Chambermaid at the Skirvin Hotel in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. In fact, the New York Knicks basketball team was scared out of their hotel rooms by this ghost of Effie. They actually blamed their loss, this was in 2010, they blamed their loss to the Oklahoma City Thunder that night to the ghost of Effie. So what is really going on with this? Effie is supposed to be the chambermaid who is the love interest of W.B. Skirvin, the original proprietor of the Skirvin Hotel. They had a love child together. 
Well, Skirvin didn't want to be seen as being associated with chambermaids, so he kept her stashed away and the baby in the penthouse on the top floor of the hotel. Effie grew very despondent, very depressed, and eventually she took the baby and she jumped out the top story window with the baby to their deaths on the street below. Of course, Effie is now supposed to be haunting the hotel. People have seen ghosts of chambermaids there. People have heard the cries of baby upon the air down different hallways. One guy even said he was taking a shower and a chambermaid showed up in the shower with him. Different things like this. And of course, there's the New York Knicks in their story. But you see, the thing is that most people understand that there was no Effie that ever worked at the Skirvin Hotel. What's more is there's no record of any woman having ever jumped out the top story window of the Skirvin Hotel, let alone with a baby as well. So these things apparently never happened, but yet this legend has appeared from somewhere. So where did it come from? Well, in doing research of the Skirvin Hotel and the different things that happened there, sure, there are a number of different deaths or suicides, things like this. But as far as anybody having ever jumped out of the top story window of the hotel, there was a salesman from Dallas who did jump out of one of the windows to his death. Now, at the time, it was not the top story window of the hotel. But a couple years prior, before they did renovations, it had actually been the top story window of the hotel. Now, of course, this is a man, not a woman, but this seems to be where the top story window of the hotel part of it came from, as well as the person jumping out. Now, a few years later, there was a woman who tried to jump out of one of the windows of the hotel, not the top story window, but one of the windows, and a security officer was able to stop her before she did so. She was eventually charged $11 for drunkenness. This was back during the 1930s, so $11, I guess, was a little bit more back then. Now, you combine these different things that really happened. The man jumping out of the window had been the top story at one point in time. There was a woman who attempted to jump out of the window along with the different sightings of ghosts throughout the hotel, like chambermaids that have been seen, like hearing the babies crying upon the air. There are people that hear the phantom pushing of maids carts up and down the hallway. They think the maid's coming through, but there's never a maid there to be seen. So you combine all these different things to create the story in urban legend. So nuggets of truth, it's just a matter of finding what those things are and where they came from. Simply what happens is that we love stories. I've been saying for a number of years that the best history teachers are storytellers. But we really like to tell exciting stories. And maybe when we're a little younger and we're trying to scare our little brother or sister, we like to embellish those stories. So it gets twisted and distorted, but yet there's that little nugget of truth that remains in there and it has to exist. Otherwise, the story itself could never exist. You have to have that little bit of truth in there to make it at least somewhat believable for the listener. So when you hear an urban legend or ghost story, don't completely disregard it as being untrue. Dive into that story, research it out, and discover for yourself what those nuggets of truth really are.